Hello, and welcome to Creepy Core and Folklore, the show about creatures, encounters, old tales, and myths. I'm your host, Iona Wayland, a dark fantasy author, mental health professional, and overall curious person. I want to join other spooky souls and hear about these unusual stories. Hello, spooky soul, and welcome to episode 41, all about Beltane. Because in case you didn't know, today is May 1st or May Day or Beltane, which is like a really fun holiday. I can't wait to tell you about. This episode is probably going to be a little bit on the shorter side because as you probably already know, I'm in the midst of doing um, a (laughs) super special episode for Mermaid all about mermaids. Um, And it was supposed to be encapsulated like the other special episodes where every 10th I'll do like this big deep dive, but into like a folklore or um, a creature or whatever. Um, The first one, I'm going to count the first one as spider gods because I went all deep dive into spider symbology on the very, very first episode. The next one after that was all about vampires. It's called Revamp the Vamp. The next one after that was um, Angel Accuracy, where I talk about biblically accurate angels. And the next one after that was on the like ninth, like it was like the 29th instead of the 30th because I had to do it a little early. That was all about werewolves. And now we're on the 40th. And I realized as I was researching for mermaids that there was so much stuff that I wanted to cover. And it's been the most requested topic since starting CCFL that I was like, this is going to have to be a multiple parter. So hopefully it's only two parts long. It might be three. But because of that, I wanted to take a little break between it to talk about Beltane since I am so lucky that this episode falls on Beltane, which is super exciting. But instead of doing all the different caveats to it, I'm just going to focus kind of on the big picture things so that you know about it. And because of that, this will probably be a little bit shorter. But you can look forward to um, Mermaid, Mermaids Part 2 coming out next Monday. And if you haven't already listened to Mermaid Mermaids Part 1, you can because this is like the the biggest. (laughs) Um, I feel like I did like a a lit review on mermaids, I swear to God. (laughs) So thanks for bearing with me. That's just my little disclaimer that if this is a bit shorter, then that's why. It's because I'm all mermaided out and I needed a little moment to celebrate Beltane with you. But yes, so today's Beltane. Happy Beltane. I've been so lucky with the timing of different things. I was able to do Sawin slash Halloween slash Dia de los Muertos celebration. I had a special episode then. Um, I was able to do on like the day of it was like October 31st. I was like, what luck? Then I got lucky again, where the spring or vernal equinox was happening um, just a couple weeks ago. And the episode about the spring or vernal equinox came out then. And now I get to do Belt or May Day today. So this is a pagan holiday. It's one of the eighth Sabbaths. Um, I talk about that for the spring equinox episode uh, slash Ostara or Ostera. Um, That one is that's 
Ostera is the Sabbat that celebrates the spring or vernal equinox. But in case you don't know, there are eight Sabbats. Four are observances uh, within the Wiccan uh, religion or uh, spirituality. And the other four are based on the position of the sun, like the equinoxes and the solstices. But all together, it makes up the eight Sabbats. So Beltane is halfway between Ostera and Litha, which is the summer solstice. This is where it's said that spring is at its absolute peak um, and we're all like preparing for summer. So it's highly associated with fertility and there's many symbols behind it. Some of the ones that I'll go into more depth in just a second are bonfires, maypoles, dancing and fertility rituals. Something I found really interesting was that I couldn't find very straightforward information. So this is kind of a conglomeration between several different articles and what I could glean from them. Some think that Bell comes from the fires of Bell. Um, but also some say that it may be related to the Gaelic sun god, Bellinus. What you're supposed to do is light two bonfires and do fertility rituals and then pass through the uh, the two bonfires like between them to purify yourself. And a lot of times people will pass the livestock between them so that they will produce more babies and um, have like better harvest. The maypole is another fertility ritual. And just so you can imagine it, if you haven't seen it before, there are usually women and girls. Um, They'll be kind of wearing flowy outfits and have those like mayflowers kind of like in different like wreaths around their necks or, um, you know, like in their hair, like woven into their hair or have crowns of them. But they'll be holding like these different colored ribbons. Usually the ribbons are spring themed, like they might be pink or green or yellow or whatnot. They'll do these dances and hold these ribbons that attach to the maypole. And as they're dancing and, and twirling and like being around each other, the um, like all around the maypole, the ribbons will overlap and weave themselves into an intricate and unique pattern. There are also, like I mentioned before, lots of flowers woven into hair and baskets that you weave the baskets by hand and then you put the flowers that you've collected into them. Um, and then you fill the ba- the baskets with those flowers and deliver it to someone who needs extra care or someone who you're thinking about. So out of all of the articles, the one that was more understandable and more collaborative was... Um, it, it talked about how to celebrate by Barbie Gardner. And of course, like as usual, all my sources will be in the links below in the show notes. But um, she talks about how, like I was already saying, peak fertility between the spring equinox and the summer solstice, also called Litha. Um, and she says that it's in the honor of the god and goddess of spring. And this is where a lot of hand fasting and marriages will take place um, that they'll call it like wedding season or whatever. Although I personally thought that wedding season was during the summer, but you know, I could be wrong. And hand fasting is uh, that particular um, wedding ritual where you'll hold hands with the person and they'll kind of wrap a ribbon around it. So there's that ribbon imagery again. But she says that the folklore behind it was that before they were together, 
the god and goddess of spring were lovers, but they were separated all winter long. And when spring happened, they were reunited. And so Beltane is supposed to celebrate that reunion with food, drink, and maypoles. And what's really interesting, my side caveat for maypoles, I was like, oh my gosh, um, maypoles are so beautiful. And like, look at these woven patterns and all that stuff. But it's supposed to represent female energies wrapping themselves around the male form. And I was like, what do you mean? And it's like, oh, in this, the way like Barbie Gardner is talking about it, it's it's describing the maypole as a penis. So I'm sorry I'm being so like juvenile right now where I'm like, oh my God, it's a dick. (laughs) Like, I didn't know. (laughs) And that could also just be like one interpretation of it too. I've noticed that there's lots of like weaving going on with the baskets, the braids, things like that, where like, and and then with the, the ribbon around the maypole, like that's also another type of weaving. So I was interpreting it more about weaving, but it's cool if you see it as like, you know, the fertility dancing, like that could be one of the fertility rituals, which makes sense. Something else I found interesting about this god and goddess of spring folklore is that she doesn't name the names of this god and goddess and none of the other, I mean, although, you know, it was limited research here that I did. I just did like a a cursory uh, search of it, but other articles didn't say like anything about it being a spring god and goddess ritual or celebration. Um, But also the others didn't say the history of the celebration at all. So on the one hand, this is the only one, and I'm not sure if it's true or the main reason why most people celebrate it. But on the other hand, I wasn't really given much information into the lore of it anyway from the other articles I found. But then we can move on into the symbolism. So on the flip side, I know I was just talking about how the god and goddess weren't uh, brought up other places, but these symbols were brought up in the other articles. It's just that this author goes more in depth about it. So the bonfires are supposed to have these symbols of flames, smoke, and ash, which are typically seen as protective. I've also heard it be seen as cleansing, um, and I could see that for more of the spring thing of it, like the spring interpretation of it. But in this case, it seems to be more seen as a protective force. And whenever you pass selves and cattle through uh, between the two bonfires, uh, uh, that's supposed to kind of purify. Oh, there's a purification. That's supposed to kind of be like, oh, you'll be fertile. Like this is a fertility ritual and also a protective factor. Um, Sometimes people will dance over the fires and that's how they'll kind of incorporate the flames, the smoke and the ash into their fertility ritual. And then some people, which I thought this was interesting, they will relight their house fires with Beltane fire. So they'll kind of put out the fires in their house and they'll go to one of the two big bonfires and they will relight their house fires by transferring some of the flames from the Beltane fire into their household. Another way to celebrate and another symbol is a feast. And what you're supposed to do is whatever you decide to eat, you leave offerings from the feast to the Celtic fairies and elves as like a sign of goodwill. 
it's really, this sounds so cute to me and so beautiful, but doors, windows, barns, and livestock are decorated with yellow mayflowers, which I think is, I'm like, you just like imagine like a cow or a goat or a sheep with like a little wreath around their neck of mayflowers. It's so damn cute. But maybe the mayflowers are just what's in bloom at the time. Um, and that's why they're used or it may be because they're yellow and so they kind of have that fiery presence to them and they're supposed to kind of carry over that um, fiery glow and symbolism into whoever wears them. Something I was imagining that the Mayflower would look like was this yellow flower because that's kind of what I've seen before and then that's also what was being described in this article. However, you know how much I love looking at flower symbolism and what they mean and like the language of flowers. But when I look at what they look like, they're white. So it makes me wonder if maybe there are different types of Mayflowers, if North America versus Europe has different things. Um, and then I also looked up like the flower of May, which might've been like the birth flower. Cause it, like people born in different months have different flowers related to them. Um, so like, for instance, I'm born in January and I believe mine is the chrysanthemum. Oh no, they're not the chrysanthemum. Good Lord. It's the carnations. I was thinking carnations and I said chrysanthemum. So they're carnations and snowdrops, which if you listen to the Flower Friends episode, you know all about the lore behind snowdrops. Um, but the Mayflower or the, the birth flower for those born in May is said to be Lily of the Valley. And Lily of the Valley is really common in um like bouquets for brides and so that does still tie into the whole like fertility thing and like this is wedding season and like people are getting married during this time and things like that so I think that's cool that lily of the valley pops up but whenever I look up the mayflower this one article says the mayflower is either of two spring blooming wildflowers native to North America or one of several plants that bloom in the spring of Europe. So maybe a mayflower is just a term for any bloom, kind of like spring blooms or April showers bring mayflowers, like that kind of rhyme. Um, maybe it's any flower that typically blooms in May. I'm going to include this source just in case you want to take a look. So that was kind of interesting to be able to look at that. Um, I wanted to look up what it meant kind of like in real time, but uh, apparently there are too many flowers to look up the meaning of them. <laughs> um, next is the May bush. So I've seen these before, but I didn't know what they were. And now I know they're the May bush. So what you do is you find usually like a thorny bush or a thorny branch and you decorate this with flowers, ribbons, bright shells and rush lights. And this was a rush light is another thing. I have no idea what this is. But after looking it up, I see that Wikipedia says that a rush light is a type of candle or miniature torch formed by soaking the dried pith of the rush plant in fat or grease. For several centuries, rush lights were a common source of artificial light for poor people throughout the British Isles. They were extremely inexpensive to make. I do not suggest, although I love a good bonfire, I do not suggest putting rush lights in a thorny bush. Maybe we can do fairy lights, you know? 
some little twinkly fairy lights that kind of mean the same thing. <laughs> um, but Smokey the Bear would be very upset if we did rush lights in a dried up leafless thorny bush. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't know why I'm getting so nervous about people putting rush lights places, but that makes me uncomfortable. They're beautiful. They look very like earthy and very beautiful. Um, but I don't think, you know, for me, if I'm going to make a May bush this year, which I, there's this really pokey tree um, that I like a lot in my front yard that I kind of want to turn into a May, um, a May bush or a May tree or whatever. Um, but I will be skipping the rushlight part, but tying the little ribbons in and having like little shells dangling. I think that would be really pretty. Oh, what's this? A pearl, a chunky pearl is here. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Here, can you sniff? She just sniffs a lot. She does purr too, but. That's the pearl. Oh, what a good pearl girl. You're so sweet. In case you didn't know, Pearl is my super chunky, like, uh, rescue cat. And she's a pastel torby, which is a tortoiseshell and a tabby mixed together and so she's very pink and gray very cute you definitely have beltane vibes pearl thank you wow she says she she tried to lick the microphone she's so freaking cute so the next thing that's talked about are the holy wells and what you do is you use dew that formed that morning or any dew, but I think it's supposed to be the one that formed on May 1st. And you're supposed to use that to bring beauty and maintain your youth. You like use the dew to wash your face or like cleanse your face. And I think that's really cool. And that's not the first time I've heard about using certain timed dew, like morning dew on your face um, to like bring on like youth or confidence or beauty or whatever it is that it's supposed to represent. The next one that's brought up, which I thought was really interesting, was celebrating your body. So you can do so by decorating your hair or your neck with like a wreath or a garland. Um, you're supposed to use joyful flowers and plants in that celebration of self and like your body. You're supposed to connect with the earth and your inner power, sexuality and abundance. I think focusing on that pride and celebration of self can be a really beautiful thing for people. Of course, one of the symbols listed are flowers. They're supposed to represent growth, fertility, and renewal. And then you can light some candles because, you know, this is a very flamey celebration for sure. Like there are like the symbolism for it is like often like passion and and flames and fire and things like that. But they suggest using candles that have spring colors and the examples they used were like pink and yellow. Um, and typically you would use candles with a floral scent. It could be rose, it could be lavender, it can be something else. Colors that are really common like that you can wear or incorporate into anything would be red, green, yellow or gold. Red is supposed to represent the fire and passion. Green is supposed to represent growth and renewal. And yellow slash gold is supposed to represent the sun. And then this is so freaking cute to me. So the May basket that I kind of briefly mentioned before, even though I don't know how to basket weave, <laughs> um, you're supposed to kind of connect with your community in that way. W one of the big things about Beltane is not only like fertility and 
um, feminine beauty and things like that, but is also to connect with your community. And so you fill the basket with these flowers for others to either take the flowers or you give the basket as a gift. Another thing they talk about, I know that we like already talked about the feast and how you're supposed to leave some offerings for Celtic fairies and elves. But uh, this author lists recipes if you wanted to try them out. So how I'm going to celebrate this is I'm going to go on a spooky stroll. Um, If you haven't seen uh, on TikTok and Instagram, I've been posting my spooky strolls where I go with me and my babo. Um, It's so fun. And we talk about some of the stuff that like that I go into way more detail on creepy core and folklore. But it's just kind of these little snippets of what I'm thinking about that day while I take a walk with my kiddo. But I'm going to go on a spooky stroll with my babo and I'm going to choose some flowers for you. I think I'm going to pick some flowers and and she's been really uh, into dandelions lately. And I think that's so cute because they look like little suns and they're very plentiful Um, and it's safe for her to hold them too. Like sometimes, you know, we put things straight in our mouth and even though I don't let her like eat the dandelion (laughs) straight from the ground like that, I still am like, okay, even if she like accidentally gets gets like a petal in there or something swallows a petal um it's gonna be okay or like accidentally chews on the stem like she's gonna be okay so I think that's cute and they also look like little suns and I know you already know this but I named her after the sun and so she's my little sunshine so I feel like it's extra fitting and so maybe we'll like go out together on our spooky stroll and we'll collect some flowers for you and we'll put it in a basket and leave it for you. So that way we can celebrate Beltane with you in spirit. But I hope your heart is alight with passion and community and thank you for being such a wonderful spooky soul. I'll talk to you next week with more deep dives into mermaids and I hope you have a lovely Beltane. Thanks to all you spooky souls out there for listening to Creepy Core and Folklore. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok if you're looking for more uncanny content. If you have your own tales to tell, you can email creepycoreandfolklore at gmail.com. If you liked this, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts or tell a friend who might enjoy these stories to spread the word. If you're interested in dark fantasy, check out my Hollowverse series. Ashes is available now in paperback and ebook on Amazon and audiobook on Audible, and the sequel is underway. I'm Iona Wayland, and I'll see you next time.